You know, I fight the pressure to be perfect. And after a couple of years, I realized there's no fighting it. Like you have to be perfect. Perfect is a requirement, unfortunately, for the event experience. You are listening to the In Full Frame podcast. In Full Frame is the go-to resource for wedding professionals, featuring news from all across our industry and original articles from our industry's leaders. I'm your host, Lance Nicole, and you can find more on InFullFrame.com. Enjoy the show. So today, guys, we are speaking with Allison and Brian of Allison and Brian Destinations. Many of you guys are familiar with them and their work. They have become a staple on Harper Bazaar's list of top planners in the world. Really excited and honored to have you guys on today. Uh, thank you so much. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you so much for having us. Awesome, We're so excited. Awesome. Good afternoon, Lance. How are you? Great. Fantastic. So we're going to get into a lot of cool stuff today from um, your process, vetting leads, client onboarding, design process, logistics, all that fun stuff. But let's start at the beginning, talk a little bit about, you know, getting into wedding planning. Um, you know, we'll do a little chicken and the egg, what came first, Allison and Brian or wedding planning, that whole thing. And just uh, tell us, you know, um, how you guys got started. Brian was born on a cold, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? right? No, no. Uh, we, we've been together for 16 years. So in terms of awesome. who came first, the relationship came first for sure. Um, and we were both, we met in the hospitality industry. So we met in the restaurant industry and the bar industry. Um, and you know, years later kind of fell into weddings after working in that world for a really long time. Yeah. It was kind of, kind of spurred by the whole downturn in 2008. We were, uh, living in, in Seattle and, uh, the economy just completely tanked and Allison was like, <laughs> I'm just going to start my own company, you know, like there's really like, what, what else, what do you have to lose? You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a, probably a little bit of that that's going to be happening right now too, with a lot of people where for sure, when you don't have a lot of overhead and a lot of responsibilities and, you know, you kind of go back to zero, you can fulfill your dreams. You can just be like, Hey, I might as well go for it now. Cause I, you know, you got nothing to lose. Let's just go for it. So yeah. that's kind of how it yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I started it first, um, because Brian was planning on staying in the bar industry. And he was planning on opening a bar. Um, and we, for the longest time, thought we were just going to kind of divide and conquer, you know, and be married, and he would have a bar and I would um, have uh, the event company. And then he decided he didn't want to work until three o'clock in the morning anymore after, mm. you know, I mean, at that point it was like 12 years working at bars, you know? And so I was like, well, why don't you just join the company with me? And instead of buying a bar, we'll buy a venue. And so you can work with me for the summer. And you'll, at that point I was doing like 30 weddings a year. So it's like, you know, you can see 30 venues and see how they do things. And we can see if it's yeah. a viable option for us. And so he did that. That was in 2011, I believe, 2010, maybe. Um, he did it for a summer and I literally never let him go. I was like, 
Rosa, then you. <laughs> I'm partner. This job's getting crazy. I need someone I can trust. And so at that point, the partnership began and our company completely changed. So technically, I started it. I consider me to be the one who brought the startup to a point of, you know, operating. But then when he came in, it was like, it was just skyrocketed from there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so take me through kind of like the geographic changes. You guys were in Seattle at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Is there like 14 of these or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, we've lived so many places. We live in Portland, we live in Seattle, San Francisco, Chicago, Chicago. Detroit, Detroit. like we've yeah. we've lived all over the place and it's it's one it's something that we love you know like we really love going to a place for a few years and it's kind of like once you start to get comfortable it's it's time to go yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know so it, once we get like the feel for a place and you kind of like get the soul of like oh yeah like I really I kind of get like what this is about I feel like it's home you're, you're starting to get hungry for something new. So, um, you know, we're constantly, it's so funny. Like we are constantly talking about that, but uh, about what's next. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we immediately left Seattle and went back to Michigan where, where I'm from. And, uh, the company was there for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. The company was there for eight years. So we, we were back in Michigan for eight years, which we, we never thought we would be there for that long, but we signed a six month lease because we didn't want to sign a year lease on for like six months only and then we stayed in that same house for eight years and then we oh. had a business there for eight years and so month to month for eight, for eight, seven and a half years yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and so yeah so for us go, go ahead yeah but it was i mean it, it, it was the business that, that kept us there you know we really yeah. were building something amazing and we were able to do work with just like some amazing incredible families and you know once you know like the midwest is you know, a lot of people don't know it because they think of it as you know some of the flyover states and there is just like there's some really great things going on there and we are yeah. just you know when, when you're able to to meet incredible families and, and just like develop those relationships you know we were we were hungry for that and especially with our hospitality background, that's what we came from. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. why we were in hospitality is because we loved just taking care of people, mm. you know, and, and that's kind of what we continued on through our business now. But yeah, so yeah. we stayed there for eight years mm-hmm. and it was completely crazy. The market was nuts. Um, we were doing like 30 weddings a year and most of them were outside and most of them, you know, would say 0% chance of rain. And then it was like monsoons would, mm. I mean, it was seriously. <laughs> and then there were no resources there, like just very few options, but we had all New York clients. Like we had this like global clientele, but heavily New York. And so they would come in and they would want like a New York wedding, but in Michigan, but we had no resources and crazy rain and so on and yep. so forth. But we produced 250 weddings in that eight years. And in that time, it taught us like everything that we needed to know we felt yeah. about taking our business to the next level. So after eight years, 
we made the decision to kind of rip the bandaid off. And I think everyone in our market, they were like, what are you doing? Like you're, we were getting the best clients you could possibly get. And we didn't advertise ever. And we were booked a year and a half in advance. And, and right. people were like, well, you've got it. Why would you leave? And we were like, because we've done it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we literally like grabbed our cats and our plants and put them in the car and <laughs> drove across the country and like left, you know? Yeah. How many plants? Lots. Just a whole oh, yeah. Of whole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, that's what he does when he's not doing this. <laughs> he, that's, that's his awesome. Zen mode plants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Amazing. I mean, so that, that was our beginning and it was like our humble beginnings. And it was like the most fantastic thing because it really just gave us that foundation to kind of dream big for global event production. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we didn't feel that we could um, have the same career if we stayed, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, yeah. we had to come to California to get to the next level. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the perfect formula for you know, like a training ground of sorts, right? I mean, having a space that is beautiful where assets and resources are hard to come by yeah. and the weather is unpredictable. So you're having to have multiple plans. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not what anyone would ask for, but it's, it's, you know, perfect preparation to go anywhere in the world and produce amazing events where clients have total security. You no, know, 100%, yeah. especially with the lack of resources. I mean, most of our events, we would be buying stuff in bulk because we just didn't have the rentals. You know? yeah, sure. So whereas in California, like you just go to, there's so many different rental companies. I mean, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of work involved, obviously, but it's not even close to being the same thing, you know? And so I think for us, it taught us to be immensely organized, like very creative, you know, very flexible, very, you know, and, and so, yeah, it was, it was a huge, um, wonderful experience that we're grateful to have had. Yeah. It, it taught us so much, especially logistics and, and the planning side. Cause when you're, when you're designing, especially for the lot of, a lot of the clients that we had in Michigan, you know, people coming from New York, um, you know, they're, they're used to, a, to a specific aesthetic and, Right. You know, a lot of times, like Allison said, we would be custom making things or we'd be shipping things in from Chicago, New York, wherever. And it's like, you know, you, you learn your resources really quickly, not just in your state, but in the region. And, you know, that has helped us out now because in California, you know, here we get called to, get, to work in Utah and, you know, in Cape Cod and Maine, like we get called to work in all those states and it's like, well, we, we know our resources already because we were pulling from them yeah. to, to bring stuff to mission. So, yeah. right. and you know, it's, it's really interesting that dichotomy of, you know, that whole scenario, because you would think that like getting married in, in, a, in a, a state like Michigan or Ohio would be, would be like really cheap, but if, you know, much, much less expensive than, than a place like California or New York or something like that, but our budgets were huge. The budgets were huge out there because it, it, it did, it cost so much to, yeah. to, to right. make things and bring things in. And, Six tenths. And you know, you, you like, whereas in, like Allison said, in LA, you have, you know, a million rental companies and they're all, they're right. all competing. And, you know, so, so the chair that, that you can rent here 
you know, is three quarters of the price is that same chair in Michigan because there's so many people who offer it here. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Because you, you would think, like you're saying, that by going out to the Midwest, it's cheaper, but there's, there isn't that same competition, like you're saying, in the larger markets. And then things are having, you're having to bring everything in. So it's quite the opposite, right? You're, you're paying for that remote location. I mean, we were, yeah, we were bringing in flooring and tenting from Chicago, you know, like most yeah. often our events, like the, the closest city was about five hours away. That was like a major city that wow. real. Yeah. So again, that was our foundation. And so now it's made it. So, I mean, we could go to anywhere and we're like, yeah. Oh wow. You have two rental companies here. <laughs> like we feel prepared you know we put a lot less on our plate now believe it or not than we did then because then we would be like making i mean making structures ourselves like hiring you know um people to build things for us because it just flat out didn't exist yeah yeah i love that so interesting yeah. so one Thing that I, a question that I had that I've noticed that I think is really interesting is this really close tie-in or alignment that seems to exist with you guys personally and your ideal client or your actual clients that you guys are pulling in. So, you know, whether it's this love for travel that you guys um, show through social media, it's kind of aspirational quality that comes through um, through Instagram, just so of who you guys are and how you embrace life there's this direct alignment with your client. At least that's the way, way it seems from, from the outside looking in. And so I'm really curious, is this something that was happenstance? Um, was it something that was very calculated and planned from the beginning, somewhere in between? Um, how did that come together for you guys? Yeah, I think, I think back when we first started, you know, the whole, we were focused on, you know, how do you do this job? It wasn't even about profit or clients or anything. It's like, how do you do this job? Right. Um, how do you, you know, build relationships you can count on and how do you create your own internal process and all of those things that I know we'll get into, but that was the focus. And I think the goal was just to create really great experiences for people. And somehow along the way, and this was, again, what Michigan helped us out with, um, we learned that what we really love about this job is are the relationships that we have with our clients. So over time, we just kept, you know, getting these incredible families. I mean, seriously, families. I mean, I feel like we have like, you know, 30 like other moms you know like we yeah. just we i think because we're a family business working with other families i think it just creates this energy especially if the trust is there and the respect is there um for just a really wonderful collaboration and it's the kind of thing that you know we develop these relationships with our clients and then we're friends for the rest of our lives you know and so we were completely spoiled by having these incredible people come into our lives and being able to produce these events for them that all of a sudden we were like, well, we don't want to do it if it's not for people that we like, you know, and right. like, it means nothing if at the end of it, we don't feel, how would you explain that energy that that relationship that we have with our clients? It's, you know, it's, it's so interesting because 
I, I think you're right when you talk about, you know, in the, in the early days, you know, as a new company, you're just trying to figure out how, how to make this thing sustainable. You know, right. how do I keep my head above water and how, how do I make enough money? So I, so I can just do this and not need like a second or third job, which we had at first. And then, you know, after every event, you know, you sit down and you think like, how can I make this process a little bit better? How can I take what I learned from this last event and make it better? So, so after the next event, it's a little bit easier for me. And then, you know, we'll right, right. You, you, you know, you, you get a few years through that and then you realize like you freed up enough time to actually like be able to make decisions on who you want to work for, you know? And, right. and, and I think that, us as, as people like who we are, we love experiencing new things. We love traveling. We love talking to people we've, you know, from cultures and, and backgrounds that we've never, we've never talked to before. We've never met. And like, just. It's the best. Yeah. Like learning everything about them and like what their point of view is, you know, and what they, yeah. what they care about, what is special to them and being able to, you know, we, we take such value and so much happiness from, from experiencing those things and being able to yeah, share clients. that with people, share that with our clients. Like those are the people that we're looking for are people who value that too, who are really, really excited, very connected people and, you know, whose guests in turn and in, in extension are kind of the same people and who can all, who can all be present and experiencing, experience those same things together, you know? Yeah. So I, I think as far as like, um, you know, uh, yeah, if who we are is, is exactly pretty much who we are online. So that, that was our strategy then. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of our strategy. I mean, it, we've got to be ourselves. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a strategy. Right. Like we just don't know any other way to do it because if, if we were, yeah. if we were going to try to be different so we could get a different kind of client, the work would not be, it, it wouldn't be there because our, our, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our heart wouldn't be, um, you know, a thousand percent. In it. I would say it was a strategy because we know being from the restaurant industry, especially the five-star restaurant industry, you know how to be a chameleon in certain situations, depending mm -hmm. on who's walking in the door and who you need to take care of. And we recognize that not wearing shoes on our website or wearing sunglasses on our website, <laughs> both things we do might not be for some people, but for the people that we enjoy right. being around and the people that we love working for and the people that ultimately they're successful, but they just don't put, place a lot of personal inventory into the fluff of it all. Like we know that they'll appreciate that about us, you know, that they don't have to be anyone they're not with us. And I think that's a really important strategy right. in general, not only to get the client, but also to have that kind of trusting relationship throughout the process together. So that way we can get to a point where that client feels truly themselves with us. And it's like, I hate to be like, it's a safe space, but you know, like weddings, so much crazy stuff happens. If it's not a pandemic, right. <laughs> it's like family <laughs> stuff and money and all the things that you're never supposed to talk about at the dinner table is 100% present. And we feel like um, our clients really enjoy have, being around people they know that they don't have to worry about anything with. 
you know, and then on our end, same, you know, we know that we have clients who really trust us and value what we do, you know, and of course we've had, you know, a few clients along the way who weren't really aligned and you have to have those clients to know what you don't want. And in the end, they were still great events. The clients were happy, but did we feel this, you know, immense amount of pride at the end of the experience? I don't think so because we, we lacked the connection. So I think for us, getting that connection is absolutely everything. And I know we'll talk about how we vet clients and all that good stuff. Um, but you know, that's, this is part of it. I mean, this is, this is the initial vetting and it, you know, some might say it just so happens, but I don't think it just so happens to be the case, you know, that by showing who you are uh, genuinely, that is your first vetting process. And it's, it's amazing. I love that. I'm happy for you guys that you're able to do that, but also, you know, it it showcases something for everyone else out there. That's looking at how they're going to, you know, target their client that you don't have to um, curate yourself necessarily. Um, Something that's been really interesting in starting in full frame and having lots of conversations with industry people, um, photographer, friends, planners, is having conversations and and recently with photographers where there's this kind of little quiet, not so quiet movement of, you know, top notch photographers who are kind of telling me like, I'm, I'm done with curating my life. I'm done with feeling like I have to appear to be X, Y, and Z in order to get my client. I'm tired of having to feel like I need to shoot this way to get my client. And so there's a couple that of photographers who are like, the wheels are just going to come off. And if the, if the, if the walls fall down, I'm going to, I'm going to be happy, you know, I'm going to go down with it. And then there's others that are just maybe a little bit more calculated, but there's that, um, you know, I mean, a few photographers, really, really amazing yeah. uh, guys and gals who are just like, we're not doing this yeah. anymore, you know? Um, so I, I love that you guys are um, a living example of your first steps of vetting is just by being genuine, yeah. you know, and it just, it works really, really well for you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really important and it's important for the clients too. And we tell them that, you know, when we have our first interview together, we are interviewing each other. Um, And if it's not the right fit for whatever reason, we have a long list of people that we refer to. And part of hospitality is making sure that those clients are taken care of, even if it's not you taking care of them, you know, throughout the process. So we really try and, you know, pair them with the the planners who can who can be that perfect fit for them because you know as crazy stuff happens throughout this process you know like I said with pandemics and we've dealt with mudslides and wildfires and just stuff that would blow your mind you're like no seriously <laughs> um, it's everything to have a team you can count on and a client you can count on and to have like I said that collaboration is absolutely everything so for us not only is it important that we make sure that the client's the right fit it's everything like it's vital to the event success like we will not take a client period who is not the right fit and we turn down a good 50 percent of the not just inquiries but people who are like i want to hire you yeah yeah all right so let's talk about that 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 this next step of of vetting i love what you just said first of all so i'm curious um, that you would tell a client, we're interviewing each other. When, that may, might be jumping ahead, but when does that happen? Is that in the first email? Is that in the first phone call? 
when do you let them know that this is well a- i don't say we're interviewing each other i say uh let's have a chat to see if we're a match right okay i love that yeah love yeah that. all right so how do you vet an inquiry comes in how do you vet that inquiry or do you at all or how do you know when to start investing time into that inquiry well we make them do the enneagram i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and then we ask for three childhood references. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, but uh, but you know the second they inquire, I uh, we let them know what our average per head budgets are, um, and then we see if that is in line with what they were thinking, and then we get them on a call. And if it's not in line, we refer them right away. And if it is, then we go into doing a FaceTime or a a phone call, whatever works. Okay. So I love that you focus on the price per head. So that's immediately in that reply, yeah. you're giving them some sort of scope. So that's a, that's a nice way too, because not only one is the price per head, the most accurate way of budgeting, but also it's not sending this giant number that might almost seem kind of um, intimidating or you're like trying to be, you know, show off like, Oh, you got to spend this much. Yeah. I, lo- I love starting. Yeah. And if they're, and we have clients of all budgets. I mean, honestly, we're not just like the super luxury. We do the super luxury, but we all also do yeah. like smaller intentional dinner party style, like polished experiences too, you know? So we don't know what they want yet. So at the end of the day, all we need to know is, is this range comfortable for you? And they need to know that too. I mean, I would hate that if I'm just entering this world of weddings and you just want information and no one will give it to you unless you get up mm-hmm. and you're just like, uh, you know, it's like you just give them the information they're looking for. Let that be, you know, the thing that outlines the next step. And then from there after that, it's, I don't really think it's us selling our services anymore. At that point, it's all about personalities, whether or not we're a match. Gotcha. And then what comes next? So you send an email, seem to be a good fit. Then you're looking for um, a video chat or you're you're connecting some sort of way. Yeah. Also, I will say a lot of times it's venue and location based too. Uh, we're very clear about we don't really want to work. We sound terrible in this podcast. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's about being authentic to what you want, right? Um, yeah. And there's a lot of people who can offer a lot of things. But for us, like, we're really big into creating these weekend experiences for people in unique destinations. And so if someone comes to us and they're like, I love that wedding you did at that venue that you've worked at five times, you know, we're only taking, you know, ideally seven clients a year. So it's not really in our best interest or theirs to have us take the job either. You know, it's kind of like a video game, even getting to that point, like, you know, in terms of whether or not it's a match. I'll let Brian speak because I talk too much. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think you're doing a great job. And it's, you know, it's, it really is, it's, it's about personality and it's about like, is there that spark and is there that connection when you talk to someone? Like it's either there, or it's like dating. Yeah. It really is. It's like no, dating. Totally. Like, it's either there or it isn't. And if it's not like, that's that's no problem. I mean, I, I think a lot of the people that, that contact us, they're looking at, you know, they're looking, if it isn't us, like the the other planners that they're looking at, like it's it's going to be, they're going to be in good hands no matter what. They, they will be able to do a right. fantastic job for them. And, you know, like Allison said, we have a list of people that we refer and the main differences are personality differences. 
exactly. And it's like, you you know, we go on fan trips with other planners. We get to know them. We know what their personalities are like. And we're like, right. oh, man, this person is, like, for perfect for you. And yeah. we, we tell the client, like, listen, we will do a good job for you. But this person will knock it out of the park for you. Like, they are right on your wavelength. And they will kill it for you because that, that is, like, their milieu. That is what they love to do. And they'll kill it for you. I mean, you know, sometimes people contact contact us and they're looking at a venue that is really cool, but like they want to be in a ballroom. Yeah. And it's like, we, we, we don't do ballroom stuff. Yeah. And it's like, but there are plenty of people out there that just like kill it. They right. kill it in a ballroom. Yeah, it's like, exactly. let me, let me send them an email and have them get a hold of you. And like, they're just, they're going to give you the wedding of your dreams. And, yeah. you know, so that being able to do that takes, you know. You have to be ultra confident in what you offer and to be able to value what you offer. But once you get to that point, it's very freeing and it's very liberating because it takes the pressure off of, gosh, I, I didn't get this wedding. I missed out on this wedding. And it turns it into, yeah, I, I didn't take that wedding, but like those people are going to be so much happier. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have such a great we'll experience. And like, we're, we're both going to be happier, happier yeah. in the end. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So no, I, I think if yeah. more vendors did that in general, everyone would be a lot happier. But I think you are sure. far too focused on like getting the sale because if you don't do it, then you'll never get it. And I, we, again, we're friends with so many planners and we all talk and have all these conversations and everyone every year freaks out about, you know, not having a full season or whatever the case may be. And every year everyone ends up with more than they wanted or didn't, you know, took a client that at the end of the day, isn't the right fit. And so probably, you know, three, four years ago, Brian and I were like, we're not doing that anymore. And so we set out upon a goal to really make sure that this, you know, is a right fit mutually. And our events have been phenomenal. I mean, they were always good, but now it's like they're going to another level because we've done that. Yeah. And we're just happy too. It's exciting. And the client, yeah, the client's better for it. I mean, like you, you're saying it's everybody wins you know in that example in the beginning there about if you've it's a great venue but you've worked there five times you want to refer that out because as a creative can you give them your best that's what i'm saying yeah that's that's a huge strategy that that we you know employ when when we hire vendors too like we when we're shooting i mean not shooting when we're working at at a venue it's like we want to hire photographers who've never worked there before yeah so they can come in and they don't have like the shot list in their mind of yeah. where they're going to take this, this, this couple to like, they're super excited about it. And it comes out in the photos, yeah. you know, that it's yeah. the client might not recognize those little subtleties, but we, we do. do. The energy is especially totally different. Yeah. Especially when, when we're putting together, when we're putting together a gallery for our portfolio, you know, so many of those photos, like we're not looking at like, okay, I need a tablescape shot. I need this shot. I need this shot. It's, it's about finding the shots that have magic and have that energy and telling that story through those shots. And it's like, you have to put the photographer in a situation where they're super engaged inspired. and super inspired about what they're doing. Because if you do, if you just set them up for success, they're going to give you like 
an overwhelming bounty of like amazing work to choose from. And it's yeah. that like on the, on the day of and on the weekend, they're just like running around with their camera with a wide open smile because they're so excited to shoot everything. Yeah, so plugged in. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and it just also like sets the energy with the client and with the team. And it's just, it's really, really impactful. So it's crazy because yeah. so many, so many people, and not as much anymore because it's clear that we do different experiences every time if we can. But a lot of people will contact us and they'll be like, well, have you worked at this place before? I flat mm -hmm. out say in the email, I just said it yesterday. I said, truthfully, if we have, we wouldn't want to do it again. <laughs> Not awesome. to a few. We have a few key venues that we're like obsessed with, and it's like, yes, we're going to go back to Big Sur. Yes, you know what I mean. But overall, like you know, again, the goal is for everyone to for it. To, we always say it's a pat. It's not an event. It's a passion project. And so, how can we make it feel that way? I love that. I love that whole phrasing. Yeah. It changes the whole perspective. That's incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't get it as much, but I used to get it all the time. Like, have you worked at this venue? Yeah. Can you send us a gallery from the yeah. venue? Like, you don't want me to have worked at your venue before. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, and especially a lot of the places that we're working now, like, some of them are pretty obscure. <laughs> you know, there aren't, some right. of them might not really, it's like you go online and you're, you know, you try to look for work that has been done there before, and you might not be able to find any, yeah. any events that have been done there before. Yeah. So it's like people are asking you, have you worked at this place before? And you're like, well, like maybe only four people have. You know? Right. But yeah. it's, that, that's also part of the trust of, 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 you know, when you're first meeting a client is, is getting that, that connection right away to let them know that like you're going to show them maybe like three or four different places that you haven't worked at any of them before. But you want them to trust you to, to know that like you are not going to take them to a place that that you that you're not going to be able to set them up for like the most amazing time. You know, you're not ever gonna ever gonna risk anything by putting them in in, in a bad situation. So, yeah, awesome. All right, so let's go the next step. So we've you know got the email. You've you're a really good fit. You've had that that call, and you get, you realize that personality fit is there. Everyone's excited. What comes next? Is there a a budget proposal? Is it go right to the design process? What's the next step for you? Guys? We have we have a whole. I think one of the benefits of working with your spouse is that you're constantly focused on how you can better your own process. And after working together now for a decade, we have this very streamlined system that we take our clients through to get as much information as possible on the front end. So it's a series of questionnaires, but it's, you know, 16 pages long. Um, wow. And from that point, once they've gone through that and we've vetted some things from an aesthetic perspective, then we do a budget. And I know a lot of people don't do a budget for a while and they just kind of plan and they see what things cost, but we're like way too type A crazy for that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we allocate a complete budget before we even lock in a single contract. Okay. So 16 page questionnaire. What are you guys trying to ascertain from at that? Our, What's the goal? Our, our onboarding, that process is really intense. Yeah. We, we keep talking about delivering yeah. it with mega amounts of wine because it's a lot. <laughs> it's, you know, like every time, every time you do an event, 
there's something that you discover along the way where you think, oh, I need to ask my client about that on the very front end. Things that, mm. for example, we just, you know, we just did a wedding, or not did a wedding, but we were hired a little while ago for, for a couple. And, you know, they were open to getting married anywhere in the world, but they wanted something like very, very much off the beaten path. And we found all these amazing venues and, you know, we get pretty far through the venue process and, and uh, the venue that they really liked mm. was at like, you know, 9,000 feet elevation. The bride yeah. says, well, my grandma, I, we can't do it here because my grandma can't come. She, she can't deal with, she just, she's had pneumonia last year and like, she won't be able to make it through that. So it's like that we add that question to our onboarding. And do you have any family members that can't deal with, with elevation? Please confirm. Please confirm. Before we go any further. So it's like, you know, we have a whole, you know, small details that like, that come up along the process throughout the process. But like when your clients are open to going anywhere in the world, there are a lot of variables and like, it's better to learn as much about that on the front end as possible because when you learn about it, and it, you know, it, it might be a pain in the butt for the client to answer those questions because they just think, well, like, what is this even for? What is this even for? Yeah. But it's like they get but, it real fast. But this helps <laughs> helps us to like to create the roadmap so that like once we get past this onboarding, you're not going to hear from us. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to see each other maybe once a month. Yeah, and we're just going to do it because we know literally like everything about you. the 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 picture is painted. That mm-hmm. you know. And it's about following this roadmap now. And it, it saves our clients so much time because we don't have to email them and say, hey, right. like, can we get an update on this thing? Or like with these little little questions, it's like we found out everything on the front end. So Yeah. And then also, you know, of course there's the typical questions like how many bridesmaids will you have? And you know, um, but we're, what we're trying to do is get to the heart of who they are as people and yeah. the kind of spaces that make them feel the most comfortable. And so, for example, one of the questions is, you know, name a time when traveling that you felt the most taken care of. What was the hotel brand? Why did you feel that way? Because at the end of the day, what Brian and I feel like we do is we, we're, ca- we're creating energy in the experience. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a tangible energy. And we can create that by knowing the style of service that makes them comfortable or uncomfortable. So, for example, if someone says, my favorite hotel experience was at the Ritz-Carlton in Hawaii or whatever that is going to be a completely different strategy than someone who says it was a little boutique hotel in the Algarve in Portugal. So by knowing that um, we're able to modify our process because I always tell our clients my favorite quote that I say a thousand times (laughs) is the good news is you have options and the bad news is you have options. You know, there's just, So we want to cut that down and really get to the heart of, you know, what they truly love and what we can create together that ultimately will allow them to have the best weekend of their life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said creating a tangible energy for their experience to create their experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, part of that onboarding is, 
getting to know them, kind of what, what makes them tick, so you can create that experience for them. Take me through, I'm sure there's, there's so much that goes into it, but just connecting, you know, a personalized design, because that's what I see a lot as you guys are sharing your, your beautiful weddings on Instagram, that these events are not just, you know, kitchen sink events for the sake of, you know, throwing it all in there. It's that client's event. So, you know, I get the why, but you can talk, talk to that as well, but connecting, getting to know them to that personalized event. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So again, you know, part of our interview process is, is learning all of that stuff, but it's also learning who they are as a couple. Um, and of course everyone says like, you know, this is, this event is about you, you know, but Mm -hmm. again, what we're trying to do is capture like who they are as a couple, what they love about life, what they love about each other, what they love about traveling, I think is a huge part of it. So a lot of our inspiration is coming from, you know, like how can we create this really unique travel experience for you and your guests and also showcase your relationship. So it's like equal parts Um, because we're designer, we're planners and designers under one umbrella. uh, We do handle the complete aesthetic process and it's down to, you know, once we've taken them through our questionnaires, you know, we're the ones creating the color palette for them. I mean, it used to be back in the day where people would be like, I like blue and green or whatever. Like, <laughs> no, we're actually creating color boards and mood boards and vibe boards. And then from there, I mean, we go on to create on average, it's somewhere between a 35 and 40 page vis- visual presentation that walks wow. them through the entire like guest experience. Um, and then we single-handedly hire teams that can execute that concept. I know yeah. a lot of planners, you know, a lot of planners are just planners and they might partner with a floral designer or another event designer for that matter. Um, and together they create the design planner. Maybe the floral designer creates the design planner, event designer creates the design planner, whatever. But what we do is a little backwards in that we're creating the full plan and then we're hiring the team. To add on that, when, when, well, what you were talking about, Lance, about us, you know, creating this personal experience for these clients, I think so much of it isn't, isn't necessarily about aesthetics. You know, when people talk about okay. personalizing weddings, they think like, okay, what is it like, you know, what is it that makes this person tick? And like, we need to get as much of that detail crammed into this event as possible. Visually. Right. And, and, it, almost like theming it that we need to theme theme this wedding like this couple and i don't that's i think basically the opposite of what we do yeah i think our our job is really it is to find out what what their energy is together and how they connect and basically create aesthetically we need to create a space where they feel completely open and comfortable so that they can be present and can share share this this feeling in this experience with everyone at their party whatever that like looks like yeah to get them into that space exactly that's what that's what we're designing for and yeah. the environment and, and and the environment so yeah. so if it's a wedding in japan or a wedding and you know it's like what do you know what is that special yeah what is special about these areas like what are they proud of with their culture like how can we 
create that experience that combines both those things. But, you know, I always talk about, um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, like when, when a bride or a groom is at their wedding and it's like, they're able, they and, and their parents and their, their guests are, are, feel so comfortable that like their parents can say, say, say things and open up and, you know, tell them things that they might not have been able to tell them before. Right. It's like yeah. in that space together where they're able to share at like this, like really intense. They feel it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, however we can make that happen. That's what the design is going to be. Well, and I think, okay, so to talk about that for a second, this is why we're so addicted to the to destination weddings is because travel does that to people. You know, you travel somewhere new and you feel like a different person in that moment. You feel like you've changed in some way. And, but at the same time, once you bring in a bunch of your friends, there's also some anxiety to that, you know? And so what right. we want to do is, is really capture the, the feeling of traveling and the wonder of traveling while allowing that space to be fully comfortable for everyone to really kind of bond and connect. I guess it, it can almost be kind of vulnerable, right? Cause you're sharing I mean, we yourself yeah. that are like CEOs and businessy, you know, I don't think kids have ever seen them cry ball their eyes out. You know? And that's yeah. why I say, even though most people are like, I do color palettes. It's like, no, we do color palettes because color has an effect on emotion. Mm. You know, and it, it all comes together. It's a very, you know, um, it's a very thorough yeah. process. Yeah, you, I mean, you, very strategic process. Yeah, you're, you're getting your clients to kind of, you're trying to get them to be to be vulnerable and and kind of like step out on that limb. But like when you can get people to take risks like that, because a lot of times, you know, we're not saying to our clients, where have you, where have you gone before? Okay. Like let's go there and do a wedding. We're saying, right. We get your vibe. Let's try something that is like, you've never been there before. Yeah. And you know, to, to get them to, to take that, that step, like they're emotionally, they're taking a risk. Yeah. They're going mm -hmm. someplace they haven't been before, but if you can get them to feel safe in that process, like magic, you can get explosions that happen out of that that are yeah. like, you know, way more. In, and we always tell our tell our clients when when they might be feeling unsure about a certain place, we always say, listen, there are going to be people that come to your wedding, aunts and uncles who might never travel. They might have never been outside of the U.S., but they love you so much. Like they are going to push themselves outside of their boundaries to come and go to this place for your wedding. And like the, cath the catharsis that they have when you combine that with like everyone else, what, what is happening with them? And then this thing together, like it changes people. It changes people. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's, it, it makes it something where the, the parts are, you know, as a whole, it's just so much greater and it's, it's really intense. It's, yeah. It's, super yeah. It's like, it's like this amplification is happening, yeah. right? I mean, everyone's having this shared vulnerable experience oh in this intimate setting of a wedding it's really special and it, it continues to get more and more special as the years go on and people look back on it even as we um look back on it i mean we've had like multiple unfortunately situations recently where um parents have passed away since the wedding mm. 
And, you know, we had, we had one, our, our client's mom passed away. Um, she passed away six months ago and the wedding was, uh, almost two years ago, but that trip to Italy was their last trip they took together as family, you know? And so it's just, it's just extremely powerful, you know? So moral of the story, our process is just about really, truly capturing the energy and the essence of people and and working to to create an experience together that we know they'll never have again yeah that's amazing okay well, this is going to be a tough, tough transition from <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's awesome it's inspiring you know i mean it's this is the you know the the love for what you guys do is is palpable you can tell it's who you guys are and everything just just funnels into this one unified thing it's it's special you know it's why you guys are you know who you are. So it's, it's amazing. Um, all right. So tough transition here from the right to the left brain a little bit, um, getting into logistics. Um, but let's, let's chat about it a little bit. Um, some of your, we have to get into every detail because it's, that's a whole, we could probably do a whole nother two hours just on right planning side of it and logistics, but things that you're hyper-focused on coming into. You look good. My hair is so buck wild right now, and I'm just I'm trying to. You look beautiful, buddy. It's good. Yeah, it's, but it's it's it's, ta- it's kind of like taking over. It's like the parasite that's taking over the. Literally <laughs> taking over. Um. So let's let's hi- <laughs> sorry. All right, so logistics. It is a, it's a huge thing, right? We could do a whole a couple hours just on that. But let's just focus on a couple of things leading up, maybe leading up to the week of that you guys are super focused on or really take up a lot of your time and attention um, leading to the wedding. What are some of those things that you're really hyper-focused on as that, you know, maybe that week of or two weeks out? Nothing. You know why? Because we were done by then. It's all done? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because – Brian is like on the logistics side, so I'll let him briefly <laughs> get into it. So what are some of the, I guess, the challenges, you know, weeks beforehand that um, that you're focused on, Brian? Weather. Yeah, weather. I mean, you know, always. We, we, we always have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan B. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, you know, you're getting those ducks in a row and making sure that you're, you're making sure that, that your team that you're working with understands those plans B, plan C, plan D through and through. Because, you yeah. know, if if weather happens to go a little bit wrong on, on the day of, you want your team to know exactly what's happening so they can run. They can run with the show. Because you want your team. Team meaning vendors. Your vendors, Not right. Our team. Right. Because you want you know, we always say like our job on the day of, we want, we want the plan to be so buttoned up and so tight that, that we are hosts. We're basically hosts with, with our clients. So, you know, I'm making sure that the groom is like feeling good. I'm making sure that he's like relaxed and excited. And like, if he needs a cocktail, like I'm going to go, I'm going to go get him a cocktail. Like, yeah, you know, you know, and, and I know what he likes to drink. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to go get it for him. And, you know, I, so, so when we have things that like weather goes wrong, it's like, you want, 
because your client might be stressed out, you want to be able to give them, them your time. You don't want your time to be over with the tent company telling them, like, we need to get these sides up on this tent. Like, the plan ahead of time in those two weeks needs to, we need to let that tent company know, like, hey, if it rains, the sides are going up on this tent. You know, we want them up by, by this time. We want yeah. them up by this time. Exactly. So it's like, you know, little, little things like that. So that on the day of, we're not, you know, on this construction site trying to make sure that, that all these people are, are doing what they need to do. We want to make sure they already know what they need to do and they're just going to do it. I mean, we're lucky because of, of the budgets and things that we work with. We get to work with the best of the best in, 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 in the, their fields. So luckily, you know, we're working with lighting companies that are super duper experienced. We're working with rental companies um, that are super duper experienced. We're working with photographers that are, you know, they've shot in everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we're not working with young people, young companies that where it's like they need some extra hand holding. Like these people know what they're doing, you know. So I don't need to babysit them. I can take that extra time and I can really spend it with our client. You know, if the mother of the bride is like a little bit nervous because of this rain, it's like I can let her know, listen, we've done like hundreds of weddings before. It is going to be incredible no matter what, because guess what? Plan B and Plan C are just as gorgeous as Plan A was. Yeah, it's some of the best designs great. were rain plans, and yeah. you would never. I think that's where the Michigan Foundation came in. Yeah. Um, I wanted to yeah. also say that the reason it is that way is because our planning is so buttoned up, and in the beginning of you know, because again, we're not just designers either. We're also like definitely big planners and and we're constantly battling which side we love more like sometimes i love being a designer but i really love being a planner too you know and so we have a whole production schedule that we create in the very beginning of our working relationship that details the planning a year in advance everything is extremely you know mapped out so to speak and then we're just moving through the process and um you know so I think because of our Michigan background of dealing with the tents and dealing with weather and everything, it, it taught us how to properly plan. And so we know, you know, even when people say, Oh, it's in California, it doesn't rain, nothing happens. Like we still book the venue two days before so we can have flooring go down on Thursday and a tent go down on Friday. If we have to, you know, we've got all of those B, C and D set. So again, it can seamlessly go that way. I mean, right. It's right. so much work on the front end, but then, sure. you know, that couple weeks leading up to it, I mean, it literally says on our production schedule, two weeks up to the day of relax and enjoy exact words, relax and enjoy. And then we contact our clients and we say, now's your time to sleep. Now's your time to eat. Right. You know what I mean? And then, and then we say to our clients, now's the time to, I, we say to our clients, so your timeline because some of our clients end up being type A and they love us because we're hyper organized. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, see your timeline, hold it in your in your hands. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, now tear it in half. And they're like, what? <laughs> tear it in half. You're a guest. Yeah. Like we're managing everything. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry okay. about anything. And and just like Brian said, I mean, part of our questionnaire, we ask them, it's like, you know, day three of our process, you know, what's your favorite cocktail? And they're like, why the heck do you need to know so i don't have to ask you on your wedding day yeah you know that's awesome yeah 
Uh, so just as like an example, you know, you've communicated plan A, B, C, D, um, let's say with the 10 company and the rentals, right? Um, they're, they're out there on Friday, the day before doing their thing. Um, so they already know the plans. Who makes the call? How do they know the call has been made? Oh, we- like how involved do you have to, to, to be in that? Just that, or oh, we're going to be, we're going to oh, see. How and we're overseeing all of it. Yeah. So yeah. Brian and I also have a team. They're, you know, our behind the scenes queens, we like to call them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who have been with us for years now. And okay. essentially, you know, as Brian and our assistant are, we, you know, essentially being handlers and, and being those kind of concierge level of service for our clients, um, myself and one or two others are hands on the ground, you know, overseeing the production. Yeah. Yeah. And so what it sounds like is then, you know, again, everything ties in. There's a different level of experience that you guys are able to provide because on the day of you become the host. Yeah. And so I love that idea that you guys have hit on about becoming the host. I know, Brian, you said, you know, just the example of being able to talk to the groom, ask him how he's doing, bring him a, a drink. What are some other, I guess, examples of just how that enhances the experience and what is what that is like for you guys and the client on the day of? Oh, it's, it, it's incredible. I mean, like... The families love it. The families love it. It's like, you know... And we want to be there with yeah. them, too. We wish there yeah. more but we have to run a giant production <laughs> no right. it's you know it's just not it's not just the bride and groom it's it's their families we become really really close to and you know like on that day of it's like i'm walking around walking around the event like making sure guests are taken care of they're happy they're having a good time you know and you keep your eye on the parents and the grandparents and see how they're doing and you know you know them well enough to be able to to kind of like see if they're a little bit nervous about maybe a speech they have to give later or something yeah. like that, or they're just nervous about something. And, you know, being supportive. yeah, the, those are times where you can, you know, you can approach them. You can walk up and say like, are you ner- like, how are you? Like, are you, are you having a good time? Are you nervous about something? And it's like, it gives them a way. Yeah. It, it, it gives them a way to open up and maybe release some of the stress and feel mm-hmm. like, you're there not just to make sure that that the that the wedding is successful, but you're there to take care of them, and you really, and you care that, right. that they are enjoying themselves. So, and that's that's what we love to do. We get so much so much enjoyment out of out of making that connection and and, and doing that stuff. So, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times that you know I've seen you know the mother of of the groom or mother of the bride like you know standing somewhere and like she's obviously there's something wrong you know <laughs> like right she just saw an aunt that like she hates that yeah, she, she hasn't family, seen it's always in, like, family dynamics she hasn't always. seen in like 20 years and like i go over there and it's like i feel like i can say something to her and be like what's going on you know and just kind of like yeah. give her in, in the option of sharing with me and kind of like releasing that stress and then once she releases it, she can just go on and party and have a good time. Well, you know what it is too? Yeah. I, I sincerely think a lot of people get really stressed out at the thought of being hosts. Yeah. I can mm-hmm. identify with that. I mean, that's why we don't have any parties for ourselves. Um, because I mean, I don't want, you know, 50 different people from all different areas of my life coming together and uh, right. 
time and like i mean that stresses me out <laughs> but i can like yeah. 400 person productions no problem but if it's me and it's my people like there's just a lot of weight there so i think that's what it is for our clients is that they're just like oh my gosh everyone's here and i think by brian doing that and me too throughout the event him earlier in the day he's always there like during getting ready and everything it's not yeah. just saying like oh your lunch has arrived now like can i get you anything else and kind of being that that figure it's it's the emotional support right yeah, it's, so I, it yeah. allows them to have a good time being like oh my gosh they they're taking care of everything down to like the champagne delivered at 11 a.m and but personally not just like an assistant doing that personally doing that yeah i, I, I yeah something ali said was real is really key and it's about, especially because we are doing like weekend experiences, you know, we are with, and, and a lot of our guest counts are getting much, much smaller now. I mean, we're looking at doing like 25, 50 person weddings, like very on the regular. Yeah. So, you, you know, you are talking about spending three, four days with 25, 30, 40 people. It's like, we get to know all their names. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming for brides and grooms and their parents to be like that host exactly. over that period of time. Right. That's a lot of like emotional energy. Especially if you're an introvert. I mean, seriously, there's all different kinds of personality types. Too. Right. It's also part of our questionnaire. It's like, are you the kind of person who likes to be surprised? Are you the kind of person who wants to be around a lot of people? I mean, all of that comes into play in terms of how you can determine um, your strategy for allowing people to have a good time or not, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's like by Saturday, by the, by the day of the wedding, you know, we know most everyone's name. So it's like when people come into the reception, you know, they don't have to find an escort card or something like that. I can just literally go over and grab them and say, uh, Mr. And Mrs. So-and-so just follow me. I know exactly where you're sitting at. Exactly. I take them over to the seats and it's like, you know, those are things you can do on the fly that make people feel like, Oh wow! Like these people, it, it turns the it turns the event into something else, you know. Yeah. It, it turns, that's and that's yeah. aligning it with the energy. Yeah. 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 And it, like by you guys being the host, it takes that that anxiety or stress away from you know a family member possibly. I see that sometimes where there's a family member, whether it's a mom or something like that, where they kind of feel like they are the host. And so when something's happening that you, you have that anxiety of what the aunt is doing and they feel like everything is a, a reflection of them personally. And so they're like on, they're at work, you know? Um, so to, to take that from them in a positive way and let them just be there and experience it. I mean, that's okay. I think, I think I, I will give ourselves like credit with that because only like a very skilled team can do that. Because I think a lot of planners are too focused on the logistics of the event and managing the event to get to a point where you can truly, you know, take care of people like that. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's what we're in it for. Right. And it, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it, it, it goes, you know, it's, we're really dynamic in that way too. And the fact that, you know, it can go, it can go a different way where, you know, parents might, you know, you might have like a, a dad who's a CEO and he might be like, he wants to run this show, you know, you recognize that really quickly too. And you say, okay, I need to support this guy. Yeah. I need to pull an extra server and say, okay, 
whoever you, like this server Do you are you are you are assigned to him yeah because he yeah. is yes. going to want to get drinks for his friends and he you know you can be there exactly. to give him support you right. know like yep. being able to kind of like read the situation and move on the fly that way is you wouldn't be able to do that if you were just worried about okay i need to make sure this dj knows or this band knows exactly what the first dance song is right you away and being like hey i need to double check these songs it's like i don't have time for that. Yeah. that's we had know, pre meetings for this <laughs> yes we, we've had we've had three meetings to talk about this yeah. stuff uh, and like you're not you're, unfortunately you're probably not going to get hired again <laughs> like, well that's the only like, thing yeah i hate to say it but yeah teams that are like a plus right yeah, yeah. you know experience goes all the way around i mean you guys are planners designers experience makers right host the whole thing um but experience is something that's important for for all vendors you know as a as a photographer it's it's huge i think that's something that i, did, I definitely did not think of you know when i picked up a camera and my cousin asked me to shoot their yeah. wedding like i'm not there for I'm, let's create some pictures and be happy about it but you know, I always have a couple of anecdotes that I'll share with team members that kind of like it seems fun and they're, and they're great stories, but it lets them know, you know, here's an example of how we talk to a guest in this scenario. This was a fun little anecdote, but here's an example of, you know, something else. Um, one that I, I thought of while you guys were, were uh, talking was that, you know, and this comes down to kind of reading the room a little bit. Um, and that's, that's really important is knowing like when you can step here or not step there. But I had, you know, this, this, um, collection of bridesmaids, they were literally all except for one, they were models. Right. And so there was this really weird dynamic with the group photos that like I, I had not experienced with like, you know, when I would put one here and put one there, they were like looking at each other, like, Hmm, oh, well, you're number three and you're number four. And I was like, what is going on? We're just... You know, and so like I'm picking up on all this stuff. So I started doing, I checked with the, the, the planner. We had some extra time. So I'm like, I'm going to steal five minutes here. And I did like three or four arrangements of them where until I felt I could see, you know, all their shoulders go from here to here, just kind of relax a little bit and like, okay, I feel good. I got a good spot. And um, I noticed the sister was not relaxed. It didn't, it didn't happen for her. She was, you know, um, and so at some point, like a few minutes later, I just went over and I almost didn't know, like, can I step over here? This is really a small line, but I just said, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Um, and she said, oh, thank you so much. No, I'm fine. At the end of the night, she came over and like found me. She gave me a big hug. She says, just want to thank you so much for realizing something was going on. And I know it was little, but it meant so much for me and it changed my entire yeah. day. So that's an anecdote that I share, share with our, our team is that to highlight that experience matters. And I also let them know, you know, I don't want my, my assistant going up and asking everybody how they're feeling, but it just it ties into the experience right yeah so it's, exactly. well, it's everything yeah. it's absolutely everything yeah. and, and, and the only way you can give yourself the benefit of being able to even think about things that way exactly. is if the rest of your stuff is completely so yeah right. especially right. For sure. it's like you can't be worried about like how is this light going to change how much mm. time do i have yeah. before the shadows get too crazy here yeah it's like you've got to know that and once you know that it frees you up to be able to think of just you know, just the different yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So that's, that's a good kind of tie in. I want to kind of almost going back a little bit with this, this process, but this is a good lead in to talk about communication, right? I mean, communication is something I, I, you know, I value in my business, business relationships, everyday relationships. So I'm curious with you guys, you know, you, you work with lots of different 
types of clients, even though they're sharing ideals, they're coming from different um, maybe walks of life. Like the CEO is going to have a different expectation of communication. Someone that might be a celebrity might have a different expectation of communication. They might have zero communication, you know, that kind of thing. So talk a little bit about how you, you know, sort through that mode of operation of communication for your, your clients, what you prefer, what works and what doesn't work. I think that's part of our process too. And we ask them about that, you know, yeah. how often they're available. Um, also the things that they're, they're most interested in and least interested in. And as we're creating a production schedule for these clients, we're keeping all of that in mind. So every process that we have with our clients is custom um, and completely dependent on who they are and how they work best. So we definitely have, you know, I mean, we we work for like the business world more than anyone. All of our gotcha. father of the brides or all CEOs, even mother of the brides, you know, it's just, right. they love us again because we are extremely organized and we have many situations where it's like, you know, I'm speaking to assistants and I have five minutes to run a budget with a father of the bride as he stepped out of a restaurant. And he, literally, I have five minutes, you know what I mean? Um, but on the flip side, we also have clients who are like very engaged and they want to be a part of this process. And so I think at the end of the day, that's a, a part of our process too, about learning, you know, how they work best and moving accordingly. We're total chameleons in that regard. Like we everything right. for someone you know what i mean and they can be involved here and there or um we can bring them in and educate them throughout we're, we're totally open to either so you you've set expectations set some sort of schedule yes. they know what they're oh, getting yeah. into totally yeah, yeah. We, we we lay that, that's part Very of the clear guidelines yeah that's part of the onboarding process is you know it's really detailed too it's like we ask them okay what what is your life like over the next year and a half like, do you have major projects that you're, that you're working on? Are you, are you moving? Are you moving? Are you buying a house? Are, are, are you buying a house? Like, like, what are these things that like you are going to need to focus on for a period of time? And then we carve out so we're not communicating with them at all. For mm -hmm. like, these are your three months. It could three, be three months. Yeah, dude, these are your three months. You do what you want to it. Like, don't worry about us. We're, we're in the background and we're taking care of this event. So like we want to know all that stuff ahead of time so we know how to not overstep our bounds and get them stressed out or anything like that with communication. But it's, you know, it's different. It's a little bit different for us. And I think it's becoming more commonplace for a lot of people nowadays in the fact that we don't live near anyone that we work for. So, you know, like we just got an inquiry the other night, like, Dubai. You know, he's in Dubai. She's in Russia. Weddings in Malta. The weddings in Malta. Like, you know, there's. That's the different, the we're, distance. We're working yeah. for a client right now who's in Turkey. And, wedding you in know, Italy. And the wedding is in, is in Italy. So it's like, you know, we're always working at, on completely different time zones. And a, a lot of times we're only meeting our clients one time before the wedding itself. So it's almost all online. And depending on how they feel comfortable, it'll be like WhatsApp or zoom yeah. or whatever it is right but um, we try to keep we try to take up as little of their time as possible as far as communication and because they have very busy lives and right. they didn't hire us to just like set up meetings with the florist for them 
so that they can come in and, right. and talk to a florist about what they like. They hired us to create, an experience. to create the experience and know exactly what they're looking for. So we will talk to the florist. Right. <laughs> so it's like, right. Higher end client is valuing their time yeah. just as much as anything. Oh, else yeah. Like, like I said, we are, our meetings are usually like once a month and they're probably about like an hour and a half. And it's like, we basically run down for them, like what we've accomplished, where we're at. And they're like, yeah. all right, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's very much when we can get that, when you, when you get that, that client that is the right fit for you and you have that trust, it's just like you can kind of, it's almost like you're working on your own wedding in a way. You're almost, almost like creating your own wedding because you are just, you've, you've really got the heart and soul of, of, of what they are and what they enjoy. And you're just doing it. And, and because we're so, we're so true to who we are and in all of our social media, our websites, everything that we put out online is completely true to who we are. Those clients that we get, you know, their aesthetic usually is lined up with, with our aesthetic. It's, you know, it's not like we're reaching to create something that is crazy out of, you know, what, what we would norm, what we would do personally. Usually it, it, it's fairly similar. Yeah. Because these clients are, are so like, we're very similar, similar to them. Yeah. yeah. And it's collaborative still, you know, and that it's monthly meetings, but because our onboarding process is so comprehensive we are able to be a second them and act as them with trust and have a great outcome, you know? Yeah. The, the trust seems to work both ways, right? Because then, like you said, you're, Brian said, like it's planning your own wedding. You're, you're in a sense, because you know that trust work, uh, works both ways, you're empowered to make those, those decisions yeah. and not feel like it's not their decision. Right which is yeah. awesome. So like, as an example, if you have, let's say you have a meeting on February 14th, and then the next meeting is April 14th. And in the interim, something comes up, the, you know, I don't know, the venue is going to build an awning or something. I don't know. But but you wouldn't just email them and say, Hey, guess what, what would you, guess what happened? You would wait or, you know, do you ever, it yeah. yeah. But I mean, we have unlimited emails, you know, I know people, people mm -hmm. are like, we have, you know, you get this many meetings. It's like full sure. service, like, I email you back immediately. It the level of service isn't just the weekend of; it's the entire year leading up to it. You know what gotcha. I mean? I'm available except for Sundays and Mondays, which are our strict day off days because we used to have seven right. days a week, and that was no bueno. It's not five days uh, a week. But with that yeah. said, we respond within minutes. You know, um, and it just depends. Like if I have, uh, if we have a client who's like highly collaborative and so excited about the awning, she's getting an immediate email. But also I would say 70% of our clients like have the creative process under just our umbrella. Like they have full trust in it. Half the time lately, people allow us to surprise them on the design. That's like awesome. we, we had one. How cool is that? Who, who didn't know anything for a wedding in Sicily. She knew, she knew nothing that was going to happen. Like, because she wanted to opt out, be a guest, be a real guest, not walk yeah, into the, be so like, cool. oh, I can't wait to see, you know, the escort car display or the, you know, the cute pink cocktail presentation. Like, no, a real guest and like, I, I've got all my information with them now i get to be a guest and that's really rare but it's really really fun and cool so again it just completely depends on who the client is 
that's incredible. That's nuts in like the best possible way, right? She just just wants to be yeah. present. That's so yeah. Good. Yeah, they, they yeah. Have ne- they had never been to the venue before. Yeah, nothing. So, so we they're... we flew out to do their tasting. Yeah, by so, ourselves. So they, yeah, it was a completely brand new experience. And that happens a lot lately. Actually. Yeah, it happens it happens quite a bit lately. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So then the next question on communication is preferred communication or normal mode of operation of communication between your clients and their vendors, right? What do you look for? What is, they shouldn't be doing this. They should be doing that. Yeah. No, no one, uh, our clients don't talk to the vendors at all throughout the process. Right. Um, we might set up uh, a chat to make sure like they feel like they're a good fit with each other. Usually that's a mm-hmm. request by the vendor, you know, for the okay. most part, like they really don't talk at all. Um, and, and they meet each other for the first time at the wedding. Sometimes they never even right. meet because they have that trust in us. I'm, I'm talking about like design vendors and stuff. Right. Okay. I'm thinking of photographer. I'm like, how would I do that? That's <laughs> it's a new service. Because no. <laughs> they're that stealth. No. Um, yeah, yeah. No. But, uh, you know, again, like it's, it's like it's. The best way to look at our company as if as as if we're um, an all-in-one in-house company, but we have nothing in-house. We're overseeing everything, and we're heavily involved in every aspect of it. But you know, essentially, we're matchmakers, and we're hiring these people to execute the vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the same thing with with vendors um, as it is with you know, when we're interviewing clients, it's, it's all about personality. So, you know, when, when, when we, yeah, after you've talked to, to a client for like two or three, maybe four times, it's like, you kind of get it and you're like, all right, like I can really see them with this photographer. This photographer would be really great with them too. You kind of get a roster of maybe like three or four people. And then it's like, you know, goes about, it's all about work. At it's, it, yeah. Then, then it's all about work. You, you know, you, you just present, you present their work to them and it, you know, it's not just about their work. It's about like, it's about the photographer's branding. It's about all that oh, stuff. Yeah. It's all that stuff is so important to these clients. How many weddings they're taking a year. How many weddings they're taking a year. And we're educating them on all of that. We're like, there's this person and they're charging this amount, but they take twice as many weddings a year. You know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of. And that's not ideal. It's not, it's not what you're looking for, right? You want to know that they can focus on yeah. that. Because again, we're doing passion projects. So, you know, we understand. And a lot of our photographers that we work with, they do take 30 weddings a year. If you're still passionate about it and you're taking 30 weddings a year, you are. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> you are not human. Um, give me your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of um you know but again like like it's not like we won't um hire those people it's more so like we need to know that we're just not one of bazillions of people and mm-hmm. they have to understand because a lot of photographers you know we get pitched to constantly and and what they need to understand is that you know these clients are hiring us because of our business model because they don't want to be one of 30. 
And we have to carry it through that what they're looking for is that high touch level of service. So again, I'm not saying you can't provide that. I've seen people do it. And if you can, it's incredible and, and we'll still work with you. But you know, what we're looking for is passion and and work and (laughs) organization. (laughs) (laughs) All the stuff. Yeah. No, but no, I, I get it. I mean, I, you can, I can tell when I show up, you know, if I'm there or scheduling or whatever, and there's even like the tent build out, you can tell just uh, those guys and gals, if it's, you know, one of their events or, or if they're there for this event. Um, just, I mean, as there's love that shows up just with, you know, roll, taking the chairs off the truck, you know, there's an, a whole nother energy. And I think you would think that who cares, who cares how the guy bringing the chairs feels, but I mean, that energy builds, um, it's like a network of energy throughout the entire experience, you know? Um, yeah. And, And so, you know, part of the reason I bring up the vendor communication is I think for a lot of photographers and videographers, the, the, the road to, you know, a higher tier client comes from obviously, um, a lower, um, I say budget, but just, you know, a lower budget client where maybe there isn't a planner or maybe there is a planner, but they're, they're maybe just focused on one aspect and they're not able to provide this, you know, level of experience that you guys are. So they're really used to starting off being the actual logistics planner, right? So there's tons of communication and then there's, you know, a little bit of communication and there can be this almost conversation point, not in a negative way, but of like, well, no, I'm supposed to be doing this. So you're supposed to be doing that, right? And so my point was to bring that up for for those that are, are you know, um, going through this experience in their business that the communication yeah. shifts, right? And that, that client probably doesn't want you reaching out to ask them how their Wednesday was. And the planner definitely doesn't want you asking, you know, doing that. They're, because they value their time, they're not looking to micromanage a team. They still love you. They still are going to love you on the wedding day and have a great experience, you know. Um, so you have to you have to kind of you know feel that out, read the room a little bit, um, and know you know when to do. I what. think yeah, you ha- you have to know your client. It's really all about the client. But I think for us, we now cater to a you know higher net worth, um, very uh, accomplished individual mm-hmm. and couple. You know, um, yeah. and so because of that, like we would never waste their time with any of that. We just flat out take care of everything. But, you know, it depends. We have a client right now who's a stylist for a wedding uh, next year in Mexico. And I emailed her yesterday and I asked her if she wants to be involved in the in the invitation design process. I normally wouldn't, but she's excited about okay. it. And, and she's super chic and yeah. fabulous and you know, I, I can tell that that collaboration would be really exciting for her. And so it's different. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to know your client, but I would say 99.999% would be like, why am I getting this email? Most of the time, there's most of the time there's no need for it. Honestly. I mean, in particular, when I think about photographers, like when we, like when we do that presentation to our clients and say, okay, these three or four photographers we think would be really fantastic for you. And then we go over like what, the, what separates these four photographers, you know, cause a lot of times it's not just about showing them their work cause all their work is beautiful, but it's like, okay, let us explain to you. We kind of give them a little bit of an education about, about event photography. 
Like, what is it about this photographer that separates them from this other photographer? So it's like, they understand by the time they choose what photographer that they're going to go with, they understand like what their aesthetic is, how they shoot, what kind of energy they look, they're looking for, because we've, we've, we've explained that separation to them. So it's like, there's no need for the photographer to contact them and be like, okay, I need to ask the bride, like how I need to, to double check with her. So she understands how I shoot. If she wants something different, right. I need to know so I can shoot. No, she's not looking for anything different. She knows exactly what you're looking for, how you shoot, because we told her. Yeah. And we educated her. Exactly. So it's like there's really no need ever for most of our vendors to contact them because we've educated them exactly why we're why we want to hire them and why we're recommending them. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's heavily vetted too yeah. down to you know, what our sunset time is and if someone's film only, you know, just even things like that are frankly, yeah. you know, if someone's male or female, people have preferences, you know what I mean? And, and the whole point of yeah. this is to come to a, a solution of what makes people the most comfortable. So all of these conversations have to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that communication of, you know, sunset time and when we're going to do this and any sort of preference that would happen between directly between you guys. And yeah, well, we, we right? do that in the timeline from the very beginning before we even hire someone. So we've already yeah. determined what that is before we even uh, refer a photographer. And that's what helps inform our referrals. I have a question. This is a little bit of a, yeah. um, a selfish question. I'm, I'm really curious. This is one of the, one of the places where I see um, a difference for, for me right now. A big difference is, um, you know, communication is pretty standard, but communication for the engagement session is where we're not doing a ton of engagement sessions anymore. It seems uh, yeah. less and less, but um, when we have them, that communication seems to vary a good bit, you know, to where that's sometimes where that planner will like kind of dump and say, hey, look, you, you know, much nicer words, but you guys figure it out because I'm not going to talk about what state you're going to and when you're flying there and, you know, all that stuff and then invoices for the travel or whatever. So how do you guys feel about that? Is there ever like, look? Yeah, we, just... we never handle that. Um, and, and typically that's because yeah. it's pretty easy to handle. I mean, we, we do the email connection and we've already, you know, like gone over the, the financial side and obviously that's buttoned up, but any travel plans or outfit planning, we're never ever involved with that yeah it's, it's interesting I, I think you're right lance we're we're also seeing less and less people doing engagement shoots yeah and you know so much so that when they are asking for engagement shoots most of the time now we're having different a, di a different photographer shoot it than than the one for the wedding so location because depending on where the location is it's just like yeah. you know most of the photographers that we're working with like they don't they you know they're not really keen about taking a weekend out to go and shoot you know flying out to new york or wherever to do an engagement shoot they would they themselves would rather just yeah. recommend someone who's in new york who does fantastic work who can just right. shoot them real quick you know over over an afternoon or something and usually it's not even because it's for an engagement session it's mainly because we need a photo for the save the day or for the website like sure. that's what okay. that is you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And, yeah and a lot of times it will yeah. be in the destination where the wedding is but the photographer isn't based there so you know they're not going to come twice so sure. that's why we'll have a local yeah yeah cool awesome um 
So let's see. I mean, you guys talked a good bit about, you know, how your vendors are, there's that trust, right? And then the trust is this kind of um, kind of funnel down. Your your vendors are an extension yeah. of, of you guys. Um, talk a little bit about that and how just, you know, I, I usually tell, I usually use the, the, the phrasing that I feel like I'm an extension of my client. So in terms of like when I'm speaking to a guest, when I'm addressing a parent that like I'm oh. representing the client, um, but also like going a step back with that is that now for you guys, your vendors are an extension yeah, it, of you. It, you know, right? it, it's interesting because you think about if you like hit the rewind button and you go back 11 years to when we started off doing day of coordination. And it's like, even when you're doing simple services like that, that team that you have there is, you know, everyone that comes, that is a guest at that wedding, they have no idea who these people are that are working this wedding. They don't know. They, yeah. in, in their mind, they are all a part of your team. They are an extension of who that wedding planner is. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, unfortunately, back in the day, like you don't have a choice a lot of time about, you know, if you're doing day of coordination, your clients are coming to you. They've already hired a photographer. They've hired a DJ. Their cousin is doing their invitations. It's like you, know, you have, you're, 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 you're picking up these pieces. And you're hoping that they behave themselves on the day of. They're just praying. <laughs> you know, you're just you're praying that you know. <laughs> so, but you know, luckily now, yes, it's like we're able to to keep that corral of you know that pen of of choices of these different vendors exactly the way we want. Because our clients are, yeah. you know, they're not. You know, a lot of times they're not shopping on price. They just want, they want the best and they, they, they want, they want to be taken, care they of. want to be taken care of and yeah. whatever that costs, that costs. So yeah. it's like, you, you don't have to explain things in terms of like necessarily value of price. All you have to let them know is like, you know, we work with these guys. We, we vouch for them. We love their work. They will take care of you. And that's all they need to hear. Yeah. And, and ultimately we look for professionalism and I think part of being the planners, the designers, the hosts, all the things, you know, we also manage travel. Like it, there's a lot of variables, you know, yeah. we, we want to hire people who own their craft and that we have to worry mm. about. Yeah. And so if you offer certain services, I don't want to have to email you and ask where the services are. You know, I want you to have a Google calendar with a reminder set to email me at a certain time you know, when you offer services, I want you to actually truly offer them. And I want you to, again, be passionate about the services that you offer. And so, you know, Brian and I, since moving to California, have been involved in kind of like an interview process where we've been trying to work with as many different, you know, floral designers and photographers and videographers and the list goes on and as possible, as many different as possible. Because what we're doing now is we're trying to figure out who our solid team is for these amazing right. jobs that we get, you know, and, and we're vetting people and we're interviewing them on the job, even though we know they're good, that goes without saying, of course they're good. Right. We never would have hired them at all. But also like sure. even just simple things, I think because we have a hospitality background, you know, if I, if we see a photographer eating hors d'oeuvres from a table at cocktail hour, that's a that's a done deal for us. It's is that not okay? 
me write this. I'm not doing that anymore. You don't do that. <laughs> but what if it's not? What if it's not all the hors d'oeuvres? It's like a few. <laughs> There at the end of the night and our clients know about this and they think it's hilarious when it's time to, you know, when people are, are in full party mode and they don't need us staring at them, yeah. I will watch Brian grab a piece of cake and run. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're doing on a deal and there's no break, whatever, but like, I think, you know, people just yeah. lose their professionalism. We are all hosts. And is these weddings, mm -hmm. this is their one experience. So yes, perfection actually is required. Now, there was someone yeah. interviewed us, I don't even know now, like probably six years ago. And it was like, you know, what what's hard about your job? And I said, you know, I fight the pressure to be perfect. And after a couple of years, I realized there's no fighting it. Like you have to be perfect. Perfect is a requirement, unfortunately, like for the event experience. Of course, there's things outside of your control and that's fine. But if it is, you know, of your control, I think um, we want to work with people who, you know, really um, just want to do a good job for people, you yeah. know. But, but once we have that relationship and, you know, trust. we and that trust with our vendors, it's like, their jobs are are really easy. You know, <laughs> I know we, we put a lot of pressure in the beginning, but you know, like with photographers, like I said, they don't have to bounce emails back and forth with a client. They don't have to do any of that stuff. They just basically show up. Like we don't we don't tell our clients to give a shot list. We don't give a shot list. Like you guys are professionals because that's all we hire is professionals. So on the day of, you just go, you run, and you do your thing. Like. I'm not whispering, whispering in your ear. Don't make sure. Don't, don't forget to shoot this thing over here. Don't forget to shoot this thing over here. It's like, you're a pro. Yeah. I've seen it. I know it. So do your thing. But what we do, which I think our, our photographers do appreciate is we do a full walkthrough. Like we always hire for the full weekend. They usually come on Thursdays and they do like environmentals or whatever. And we'll walk them through the experience and let them know what's going to happen. And then I will give a list. It's not a shot list, but it's more so like things to look out for. Because I know that, you know, when you're shooting things, it's really easy to miss like major things. You know what I mean? And so we know you're not psychic. You know what I mean? So we want to prepare you for that. And then I, one thing I was going to say too, I don't even think our clients realize this, but our, our teams do, especially as we work together more and more, we consider our job to first and foremost be, you know, our client's advocate and all those things, right? In addition to that, we um, we're our client, our vendor support team. So what we do is we support them and allow them to to be their best and do their best, you know. And so we end up being hosts for our vendors too, in terms of like how can we, you know, and in in our planning we set that up for them. Which is why you know if you're a film photographer. And, you know, the sun is going down at seven o'clock and dinner starts at eight. You know what I mean? Like, we're not setting you up for success. You know what I mean? We're not setting the client up for success. We're not setting you up for success. So we do that in our planning. But then also on the day of, like, it's hilarious some of the photos we've gotten back because we have 
photos of Brian holding a ladder for a photographer so he can get the shot. He's like a second shooter. You know what I mean? Like then become an extension of our teams as well. Photos of me getting more hors d'oeuvres for Lance. (laughs) (laughs) There's photos of Lance grabbing cake and running with Brian. I made made you a cake. Cake fights in the back. I mean, I mean, you guys, I mean, this is awesome because, you know, you're supporting your vendors yeah. um, in, in, a, in a sense or not in a sense directly because that provides a better product for your client. Right. right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I want to say that, like, you know, I want to be clear because I think there are a lot of planners who are like, this is this is my process and you just execute. Yeah. And that's not what I'm saying. Like, we hire people yeah. to execute, but from there... Like we're helping support them, you know, to be their best selves and particularly with floral designers. Like they don't have to do all that exploration work. We've already done it. We will communicate it to them, but we do everything possible to support them so that they can truly do their best work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, we've, we've talked a ton about trust throughout this conversation and how, each part of this process and who you guys are just funnels down to the next thing, right? It's, it's like this um, chain mail that all just all works uh, together and kind of going back to the beginning and tying this all together, it all started for you guys with authenticity, mm-hmm. right? And that's, you know, that from, from, from that point onwards, right? That's how this, all, all this stuff uh, connected just Talk a little bit about how important authenticity is for you guys. Yeah, the, I, I think I think the hardest part, because it's such a, it, it is a very much a key word nowadays, being authentic and showing authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, the most important part of that is is understanding what you need to be authentic to. And I think a lot of a lot of people, they can't step away from their business enough to really figure out who they are and what they want to know what they need to be authentic to. They, right. they see other people in the industry doing things that they look up to, that they maybe aspire to, and they think, I, knew, I need to be authentic to like whatever that vision is that I see in the future. And it's like, no, you, 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 that's the exact opposite way you want to do it. <laughs> you need to be, right. you need to find out exactly who you are and you need to, you need to just like embrace that 1000%. And if you do that and you right. stay authentic to yourself and what you love, the people, the people that, that you will vibe with and the people who will appreciate that, they will find you. They will find you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because there, there are there are so many people getting married out there. There are so many people, way more people getting married out there than there are photographers or planners. 100%. And, and the higher level of wedding that you do, it's even more the case. So like, you know, every step that you take up, there's going to be way more clients and way fewer people in your industry to take care of them. Yeah. It gets better. The ratio gets better in your favor, the higher level you go. Yeah. So your job is to really understand who am I? What is my aesthetic? Who is my like ideal client? And then you need to be completely authentic and true to that. So everything that is online, your Instagram, your website the way that you present yourself, the way you dress, everything, every single kind of communication or message that you send out needs to align with that, with that authenticity. And if it does, those people are going to find you. 
yeah. they're going to find you and, and like, there's going to be that connection. And once you start booking those clients that are, that are like on brand for you, that fit that criteria, the weddings are all going to look that way. And like, you're not going to be able to get away from it. Those, those yeah. are the only people that are going to call you, but it all starts with figuring out like, who am I? What do I love about this job? And what do I want? Because there's, you know, with, with planners, you know, there are some planners who were like super into the hyper styling. They love detail on tabletop. Like they're really into that. Some people could care less about that. They love the macro view of like pulling this huge whole thing together. Some people are like, are into the, the crossing the T's and dotting the I's. They're into like the organization. Some people are into the relationships. It's like, some people don't want relationships. Some people don't want relationships at all. They don't want to have to do it. They're the opposite of us. And it works for them. And it, the clients don't want that either. The clients don't want that either. And yeah. it's like, it's your job to figure out what it is about that thing that you love. Because if you try to be the other way, it's all going to fall apart. Because every client that comes comes to and calls you, like you are going to have to put on a face. You're going to have to put on a mask. And like... Even, even if that, that wedding is successful, like, is it going to be fulfilling for you? I don't know. Like, in my mind, every single person that contacts me, if I have to, like, put that mask on, it, it takes out so much energy, so much emotional energy to try to, yeah. you know, to try to be something that you're not. Yeah. Like, in, in a year, you would just be so tired of the job, you know? Yeah. Well, it's no longer a passion project, right? Because you're putting on exactly. the show. I also feel like from the client's perspective, from the market perspective, if if they're looking at an industry that all looks the same, what does that do? Yeah. You know, so you want to be different. You want to be yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important just within the con I mean, you guys, what's what's beautiful about this is we've come like kind of full circle in this, talking about your your start and getting to this um, part of the conversation, but is that it's not that it's easy, but it's, it's, you know, we point to the top, right. And we look to the top and this happens with photographers. And I will use photography because I talk to a lot of younger photographers all, all the time. And I've, and I've experienced this myself, right. You, you, you start off, you look at the top and you go, well, I should be doing this. And so and you guys said in the beginning here that, you know, in the beginning you were just, you just wanted to not have to work the second and third job. Right. And so part of this is assessing and reassessing and and working to earn that luxury right. of being able to, you know, okay, now I can make one more choice here of, of what I am taking, not taking, what I'm showing, not showing. Oh. And and then you have to earn, you know, it, it almost sounds not right to say you have to earn authenticity because we should be ourselves, but you have to earn that um, that spot of picking and right. choosing. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to, there's so many things that have to happen with your business. Oh. And, you know, all those, you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're out on the lake and there's, you know, a thousand boats. It's like all the boats have to rise, at, you know, with the tide and go down with the tide at the same level. Like everything about your business, you can't have anything that is, that is not that, not as good as everything else. You know, it all has to kind of rise together. And when you get to a certain point, yeah, you get that freedom of being able to think like, okay, well, I, now I can step back and be like, what do I really love? I can actually think about that because yeah. I don't need to, I'm not underwater every day, just trying to make things happen. And, you know, one of the, I, I think one of the big things that, that help, helped us with that is 
when we moved out to California, you know, being in Michigan, you're, you know, you're kind of in your own, you're in your own little bubble, you know, and we were constantly like, we would go to fam trips and we would meet planners from all around the country. And like, we were always looking to see what's going on in the world. Who, who do we admire around the world? And, you know, but you're seeing these people from afar. And it's like, now that we're in California, you know, we are, we're meeting everyone. All the big names, we're meeting them. And we're seeing what they're, we're seeing their personalities. We're seeing what really separates them. And when you start to see all of these big, huge names and these people that you've, you've look, looked up to as people, it helps, it helps give you a little bit more of a perspective and objectivity to, to really understand like, okay, like we're all the same. We're, we're kind of all like mm-hmm. business-wise, like we're all struggling with, yeah. with, this, with the same things. But the thing that really separates us is like these people understand who they are and they understand who their clients are. And that can only come from experience. And that can only come from experience. And what I was going to say is you can't just take your shoes off on your website and have sunglasses on half the time if you haven't earned a reputation and you don't have a lot of experience. Um, because yep. people would be like, who the heck do these people think they are? You know? Right. Um, so we, we really had to prove, like, yes, we might be, you know, pretty casual, you know, in terms of I'm not wearing shoes on my website. Right. But best believe, like I will protect your investment and I am completely buttoned up and I'm a total pro. You know what I mean? You've got to have a balance of the two for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were in, you earned that spot. You know, I've used this analogy before and this is, and and it was almost when I used the last time I were going to film, well, this is, we're not quite doing the same thing here, but it's, it's the analogy of like all the great artists. They all had to, um, I just had this argument with my um, eight year old that she, she's naturally talented and she doesn't need to take art lessons. And I had explained to her, I'm like, look, all these artists that were the best ever, they all had to learn how to do all the stuff. They took all the classes, you know, and they learned all the, the practical applications and then they broke all, all the rules afterwards. You know, if they had just broken all the rules, then they're, they're not good. <laughs> they're terrible. Right. So there's, you, you got to earn that, you know. And there, yeah. Brian and I talk about it a lot about how there's a lot of faking it till you make it in the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, the, we won't get into it too much, but the culture of like the style shoots and everything else. There's a lot of fake mm-hmm. it till you make it. Um, which is fine until you land a big client and a big job and you don't know what you're doing, you know what I mean? And so I think you really, if, if you're going to be successful as an event planner, producer, designer, whatever, like you really do have to earn your way and you have to climb the ladder authentically that way you really are empowered to, to be at that level, you know, um, Yeah, There's is. no faking that. There's yeah. absolutely no faking that. And in fact, it's actually rather frightening if you don't know what you're doing. Right. It, yeah, <laughs> no, it, no, it's true. So much of it has to happen organically. And, you know, like we said, if, if you're authentic to yourself and you realize who you are and you keep things simple, like that, that you know, ascension will happen organically. It will, it will happen, you know, like naturally. And... You know, sometimes people want to fast forward it a little bit because they think, well, I don't want to wait around a decade to be able to get to this point. It's like, well, I mean, you, you can you can try. You can try to skip skip some steps, but, like, it's not going to work out for you in the end because yeah. it's going to put you in a situation one time where, like, you don't know what you're doing. 
And your reputation. And, and like this is, as, you know, as, as many planners are out there and as many photographers are out there, this is a really small world. Yeah. This is a really small world. And, yep. you know, small. if when something bad happens at an event with somebody, everyone knows about it. Yeah. And, you know, when you were talking earlier, Lance, about that, that step that some, some photographers make where they're doing, you know, they're doing maybe like smaller budget events without planners. And then they make that next step to like, okay, the, the events that I want to do now, like I need all these people have planners. So it's, it's a different thing then. And it's like, when you get to that level and you're always working with a planner, if you screw up, it's different than when you're just working with a client and it's just that client who knows that you disappointed them. Now the planner knows everything that you did. And it's like, that could be really tough because all it takes is, you know, you did, you do a wedding for a big name planner and you don't, you know, you bite off more than you can chew. It's like, and you do it. That could be tough. Don't, don't time it the like the weekend before a planner goes on a fam trip with other planners. <laughs> Cause then it's a done deal. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's the thing too. At a certain level, like people have this, you know, have this, um, time, time, your mistakes. Yeah, well. time mistakes. yeah. But, uh, people have this, um, I don't know what the word is. It's a myth that planners are competing with each other. Right. And yeah. I'm sure photographers too. Same At thing. a certain yeah. point, I'm telling you, we're all such good friends. We support each other left and right. We value each other tremendously. No one else knows what you deal with, like another planner or another photographer. And, and part of that is that we do, we all talk and we share resources. And it's, it's been huge for us because we're able to go anywhere in the world. And we have, you know, really great planners who are very transparent with us. And, and that really helps us protect our events and our clients, you know? And so yeah. you can't fake it till you make it really, because again, that, and that's what I mean about the perfection thing. It sounds so crazy to say that, but like, you know, at the end of the day, if you are operating, you know, with ethics in mind and morals in mind and doing your best, then you're all good. You know what I mean? Because everyone's going to get a job at some point that's bigger than them, you know, and they have to figure it out. And that's totally fine. But, you know, if you aren't operating under those things and you are a liability, then that has miles that we can't even... Yeah. you know yeah and so yeah i mean if you're if you're listening and you are you know you're you're newer in your business or you're two years in or five years in and you feel frustrated because you're looking at this thing and you're not there you know take some solace in that the process is going to make you stronger when you get to the top i, I so value you know going back to you know i started i studied fine arts and then i shot shooting editorial and beauty and then i you know shot my cousin's wedding for free because they didn't have a budget and then the first few weddings that I was shooting for the first like six months or so, I was charging like $2,000. And so you can imagine like, you know, you have to, you have to work harder when you're charging $2,000 and not necessarily work harder. You have to think harder and you have to look harder to, yeah. you know, the lighting's more difficult, the, the everything. So like, I really value all those steps in exactly. between because they made me have, they made me. Right? How can I be an editorial photographer in this environment? You know, um, how, how can I shoot this my way in this environment? And so, it, it, you know, and there's, some, I'm sure there's those examples on, on as a designer, as a planner, as a florist. 
And so it's just going to make you better when you get there. Well, and that's what keeps us going. You know, we speak to a lot of planners that we admire, especially ones in the destination wedding world. And that's why they and we are all doing destination weddings because we've worked in certain locations a bazillion times. We can do it with our eyes closed. What we're looking for now is a challenge, something that allows us to grow. And with that growth comes that end result that is so incredible. You never would have even thought it was possible, you know? Yeah. So... But yeah, awesome. I mean, I, I look, you know, our first job, $150. That's how much. Nice. <laughs> but, That's almost, and it was a yeah. private estate, and they 200 people. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. But, you know, um, I mean, seriously, like we, we, we have such confidence going into our events. Like we, we really feel like we can handle anything. But we also know, and that's part of our vetting process, what to take and what not to take. And we turned down like three massive, major, humongous jobs last year because we didn't feel like we had the time. We didn't feel like it was fair to them for us to take on a project that required uh, a level of service that unfortunately we didn't have time for. And so, again, that comes from you know, being honest with yourself and staying true to your values and your goals. Brian and I every year write down our goals and we put them on our refrigerator in our kitchen. And so they're right there. You know what I mean? And, and from that point on, you know, that's how we're able to make sure that we're, you know, dividing our time properly and, um, you know, offering a high level of service and also having a life which is important. Yeah. And I think being wife, you know, like it, it's, it comes and it infiltrates our lives. This business does. Yeah. And so we really had to shield that and protect that. That's really yeah. And the balance makes your product better. The, the balance makes your service. Oh, it's, it's, it's huge. Crazy. I mean, I mean like we, when you have someone who can, you know, you can bounce ideas off of like who you can trust I mean, every single, every single person that calls us as an inquiry, when, when that inquiry comes in and we talk to them, Allison and I sit down and we have a conversation about like, does, what do we think of this job? How does this fit into our, to our, our, you know, larger vision? Does it make sense for, for the, you know, for that vision that we laid out for this year? And it's like, that happens every time. And you know, if you're a planner working by yourself, even if you have a team below you, it's like you might not have that person to talk to about that. And, you know, in that process of her and I talking about those those things, sometimes things come up that you didn't think about at first. And you think, well, gosh, you know what? I didn't think about that. Maybe this isn't the right fit. We should just refer them. And it's like having that, it just sets you up for success. Yeah. But like Ali said, you have to protect it because you have to protect your marriage too. You yeah. have to ride that balance between like, you know, you can't always be in work mode. You have to be husband and a wife too. And, and, you know, fortunately we absolutely love what we do. And unfortunately, sometimes we absolutely love what we do. And it's like, you have to look at each other and say, listen, like, we're not talking about this anymore. Like, let's go get dinner. 
or let's go hiking or let's let's do something. Go to the beach. So yeah, um, and I'm the worst. I'm the absolute worst. Like I get really excited about people. I get really excited about the project, and I go to Brian and I'm like, "We've got to do this." I love them, and he's like, yeah. "We can't do it," and I'm and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and so he's just every and every single time he's right. Every single time he's right. And it was just nice. last night. Nice. I'm like, you know, so I was like, you can go to bed tonight feeling good about that. <laughs> you make me feel like that. No, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, again, I think the biggest thing is that it's all from a, a very strict, everything's very strategic with us. And one thing I was going to say is I, I do think people look to us and look to other people who've been in this business for a long time and they think that it's been easy and it has not been easy. Five years ago, seven years ago, maybe like we were working 80 hours a week and like, I seriously was working on this one event that was so big. I thought I was dying. Like, and I think it's important to get that out there because all you're seeing on Instagram is like the pretty, no, it's hard productions are hard. You know, you're basically producing a show without any rehearsal. You know what I mean? It's not easy. There's so many variables. And so it was a tough lesson to learn. And I'm glad we like climbed the ladder, so to speak. And you have to hustle if you're going to get anywhere, like be ready to not get paid, be ready to work 80 hours a week, be re ready to not sleep, be ready to not see your friends and family. It's kind of a running joke in my own family. My own brother is like, I know not to call you. You know what I mean? Like, because it requires just like any, you know, any career that's worth having, as they say, nothing comes easy, you know? So I'm glad that we did that. But after a while, at that point, you can, you know, make an assessment and say, all right, well, what do I want? Again, what do I want? And how can I have both lives? And I think for us now, it's part of moving to California. Brian said, when he said we could move to California, after I begged him for like three years, because I'm from here, um, I, uh, he said, promise if we go, like, we won't work as much and we'll have a life. And that always like sticks in my head, you know? And so ever since, like, we really made a point to um, protect that. and. And the work has been so, I mean, it was good before, but now it's like, because we have the emotional energy to give. You can't give it if you don't have it to give. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Can't give it if you don't have yeah. it to give. That's yeah. awesome. Um, guys, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you guys. We've learned so much from, you know, the, the practical logistics application, but then just this, you know, the, the theory behind the business that, that, you know, drives everything else. Um, so thank you so much for, for your time. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. It was honestly such a pleasure. We really appreciate it.